when we get to heaven, it's um, really fucking awesome. So I want to just start off with that because it's so fucking amazing to be with God. And uh, I talked to a lot of ghosts in heaven and uh, things that we can do in heaven. And what's cool about it is that there's like pretty, it's pretty much everything imaginable. So time travel, travel to other worlds, other galaxies, solar systems, uh, going to the future, coming back from the future. So right now there's been a lot of travel back and forth. So I want to talk about something called a better future contest. God did something recently that's really intriguing and I'm not going to be able to um, explain all the details because that'd be a boring podcast. Like um, what I mean is the mechanics of time travel. When God does it, it's like uh, a miracle. It is a miracle every time, but I'm not talking about different timelines and things like that. It's it's not exactly how it's in science fiction, but really close actually. And so what we're having right now is a better future contest. And so the future contest is really cool. Uh, the way it goes is like this. I go to the future and then it's more like a timeline. So if you, if you draw it from now until forever on a line, on a piece of paper or something, and then you lift it off. So now there's two lines. You can think of it like this. Eventually those two lines will be rejoined at one point. And um, so that's really cool. Now it gets a little tricky when we think about ourselves from the future and stuff, but that's actually really easy to deal with with time travel and stuff. It's not a problem at all. So what we're doing is a better future contest. And uh, there's a lot of men and women coming back from the future to this time and not like the movie to, to like make a machine or something like that, but uh, because they want to know if they can during the time of the transgression, um, you might call it the time before the end times and during the end times, they want to know if they can do well, if they can stand against the devil. Now, the devil's been doing this with me. God takes him to the future when I go. And so I speak to them saying, obey God, speak the words from the book of Leviticus, which are very effective against the devil. The law, the devil wants us to transgress the law. And also I tell them um, to obey God, hear his word and also um, if they sin, repent of their sin. It's really important to say those three things. Plus, speak the law from the book of Leviticus to the devil. And so when uh, they come back, they get to see what they call the ancient past. They can be from a million, a billion, a trillion years in the future, all the way up to we've gone more than centillion years so far. And so it's so far into the future that we've gone that when they come back they consider this to be the ancient past and so for many of them they haven't been born so in, in our world today they haven't been born yet and so many of these men and women many of them are angels or men and women that live in the future as ghosts we might say but mostly so far it's been angels but also some ghosts what happens is i go to the future i speak to them the devil speaks to them at the same time and within two minutes many of them typically join the transgression the devil tells them that one day they'll be able to defeat god and they'll have power, glory, honor, riches, women, wealth, things like that. And even with women, the, this seems to be appealing. They seem to want female servants. So the devil's become very effective at this, it would seem. Telling them lies, like always. The same lies he always tells, really. But he's been doing this over and over again, speaking to men and women from the future. So now, even though I call this a better future contest, before the end times, which are coming soon, um... In this timeline, which is the most current timeline, the devil has been practicing telling lies to men and women from the future and learning their secrets of the future, secrets of God's word and things like that, and also technology, science, 
from millions of years in the future. So he's becoming very skilled at telling lies and recruiting them to join the transgression, which is what Lucifer wanted, actually. So in this better future contest, we've got a couple things going on. One of them is, how can we make a better future? Well, the best future for us is a future where we never sin. This might sound weird to many of you, but when we don't sin, we don't kill, we don't rape. Men don't lie with men as they lie with a woman. We also don't worship someone who isn't God. We don't steal anything. We don't tell lies. And so in a better future contest, what would be the best future? That's the question. And so in this contest, it's men and women from this time and also from the future. Some thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years in the future and more. All participating in this better future contest with those who do well. I assume many of them might get rewards from God. Now, everything God does is perfect and everything he makes, I say, is very good. But then we, his children, don't always do perfectly. So when we do better, then we might have a better future. So it's a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of different things, music and things like that, but a lot of it immediately when we start talking about the better future contest, what's the main topic? The transgression. The devil speaks to them. They join the transgression. They sin almost immediately within two minutes. And then they want to try to uh, do all these very bad sins. So the best future contest, how we might win is if we never sin again. If we live forever and ever and ever, repent of our sin, all of our sins we've ever done and never sin again. In this better future contest, there's men and women that have seen uh, the new earth, the new heaven from thousands of years in the future. They've seen the kingdom of God. Some have seen other worlds, other galaxies, other universes. And a lot of them that come are angels, actually, from this time and from the future. <coughs> and when they come back, angels have a lot of higher knowledge and they see and hear what God does and says often. Every day they might see and hear what God does and says. So they have a lot of higher knowledge. So they get to speak to themselves from the past. So the angel Gabriel has more than once spoken to himself from the future. Michael also has done this. There are other men and women that have lived in the um, earth long ago, died, went to heaven, and they've spoken to themselves in the future. More than once I've spoken to Nebuchadnezzar, actually. Nebuchadnezzar, king in Babylon, died, went to heaven, received salvation from God. I talked to him not long ago, and he's, which last year he was trying to not sin. That was like a focus of his. And uh, I've talked to him about being a king again someday being born again or raised from the dead. He's been learning from God a lot of things over thousands of years. So um, I've been talking about this stuff. And so I, every now and then I go to the future and talk to Nebuchadnezzar from the future. He's actually been from the future to the past to talk to himself. And he's really hilarious. He's like, oh, crap, I sinned again. <laughs> he repents. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that's like a, the way I see his personality. Sometimes he's funny. A million years in the future. So some of these men and women, they've seen the kingdom of God. They've seen beautiful, just stunning, beautiful cities. We might call them cities of God. Just incredible beauty, like cities made of gold, you might say. With giant, magnificent buildings. And they've lived in places where there's incredible peace for long periods of time. We might say millions of years of ongoing, incredible peace. In places where there's joy, happiness, wealth, prosperity, stunning 
views, symmetrical views, actually, stunning symmetrical views, something we might say in the future. And so they've seen these, these, these things, and now there's a better future contest. Who can make a better future? Something really odd happened. And I don't know exactly how it happened. But at some point, I think it happened in the future. There was a sins or something, something strange happened. And there became a question, who's worthy to be God? Who's worthy to be the Messiah? Who's worthy to be called Christ, prophet, king, queen? These are some of the kinds of questions that might've come up over many millions of years. And so for those that are not sinners, God doesn't deprive them of things. So for instance, God gave the devil lots of power. And you can read about that in the book of Job. You might say lots of power, but in the future, many of us might have more power than that. And rather than the power to hurt, we might have the power to heal the power of God. The same that was given to the devil might be given to many of us, maybe all of us in the kingdom of heaven in the far future. But the question is this, who is worthy to be called God? Who's worthy to be called Messiah? Now at this time, the Messiah will, will receive great rewards and that's me. And what I'm talking about is telling them in the future, angels, ghosts, men, women, ghosts in heaven, throughout all eternity that they're wrong about God to repent of their sin to obey God and hear his word those are three very simple things that we can all do we all know that they're good to do I think we all know that so when we think about how we can enter this Messiah contest in the future it's going to happen in the earth it's inevitable you might hear Jesus Christ talk about it the almighty God might speak about it first actually So there's a better future contest, but also who's worthy to be the Messiah? The question is this, can you be as righteous as Dale Travis Manor? This is the question the angels are asking. Not overly righteous, not overly wise, not overly knowledgeable, but just righteous. Who can choose to never sin again and to speak to the whole world saying that the whole world is wrong? It might be that they might live rather than die the time of the great tribulation is coming and after the day of the Lord and judgment. And it might be that if men hear these words, the whole world is wrong. For the next more than 70 years, then maybe many men might live rather than die. That sounds like a better future. And after when the dead are raised, this contest might go on for a very long time, a better future contest. And it sounds to me like a real joy. In a better future contest, we don't do anything to make it worse for anyone, anywhere, no one, not worse for the devil, not worse for the false prophet, not worse for the antichrist, not worse for the other beasts, not worse for a man you'll hear of in the future named Melchior Russia, not worse uh, for anyone. How can we make a future that's better for everyone? And then once those men are all burning in the lake of fire and we have everlasting life, in the kingdom of God, those of us that will have it. Better and better and better for everyone, everywhere, forever. That's not like one great contest. So it might be that we all choose that we 
never sin again. And even if you're not uh, found to be greater than the Messiah, you might still do enough things that are called righteous, righteous deeds, speaking righteous words, that you might get rewards from God. So one of the great things about this contest, that's what I say, you might say it's a great thing. One of the things about this contest that I like is that anyone that does well might get rewards from God. Many of God's children might have thought, how can we get blessings? How can we get rewards from God? How can we have a better life? How can we live in a better world? Who can make world peace? Who can speak righteous words that are pleasant to hear? <clears throat> the Almighty God can and does every day all of those things. He makes it better for everyone, everywhere, every day. Uh, recently, Lucifer was on another world. Uh, recently, Lucifer was on another world and he sinned really bad. Really, really bad. And uh, Lucifer started getting kicked around like a soccer ball by God. And this is going to sound really odd, but it was so pleasant. Lucifer enjoyed it so much that other angels started doing it too. Uh, it, it, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. Um, it was like a new experience of being up in the air. Angels go up often, so God was like moving around like a soccer. I said kicking. They, he was. I don't know if he was really kicking them that much, but uh, they didn't get injured. There was no pain. It was a real joy. They all enjoyed it. See, God does a lot of really interesting things with angels. He might kick them around like a soccer ball, but they enjoyed it so much. They all liked it, and God offended no one. They all liked it. This is a funny, uh, it's a fun story for the angels to talk about. They enjoy the story. And it happened uh, just a couple days ago, I think. And um, on another world. And then Lucifer maybe didn't sin for a moment. God does things that we don't expect. And they're a real joy. And they're a lot of fun. And there's no shame in talking about them. And one day, you might see similar things in the earth. When I'm in the earth, you might see similar things. You might see angels coming and going often. You might see prophets, apostles, Jesus Christ, and the Almighty God near me at times. You might see those men coming and going. And you might see God near me at times. You might see when God comes, he might be alone. But more likely, he'll be probably with his angel squad, with men uh, that you might call angels, men that might look familiar to you once you get to see them once, twice, ten times. So those things might be common. And then what you might also see that's common for us in the heavens is a lot of really interesting fun. There's a lot of joy in being an angel. And so coming and going from the earth, from other worlds, speaking to each other, hearing angels' words hearing God speak, there's a lot of joy in these things, but also there's a lot of fun and interesting things. Earlier today, God rolled two gigantic dice that are bigger than any planet in the universe. And the angels were just looking at those dice, trying to figure out what God was going to do next. And the angels can learn much from everything that God says and does. And so, uh, in the future, we might see really, really interesting things. Really interesting things. Uh, when God does miracles, mountains are going to be um, cast down or tossed down, but things like that. But, you know, one day I might move mountains around, just so you guys can see. And I might stand there for an hour, speaking of miracles of God and mysteries of God, saying God can do all things. And so I might move the mountain an inch, and then move it back two inches and then move it back and then three and then move it back. And I would say, God can do all things. 
And so when I say to the whole world that the world is wrong about God, a lot of you men and women in the world, you don't think God can do all things. And you're wrong. He can do all things at all times and in all ways. So one day I might stand in a big valley somewhere with a big mountain that everyone can see. And I might say, get out your smartphones. <laughs> if you want, stand close if you want. But it'll stand at least one inch away. <laughs> on all sides. <laughs> move a mountain. You don't want to land on your toe. <laughs> and then, you know, there might be some man that wants to falsely accuse me. And so he might stand too close and I might put it on his toe anyways. And then show that God can do that where he isn't even hurt. There's no pain and there's no injury. He's not hurt at all. So I might, there might be a couple of wicked men and I might say, hey, just watch these men's toes with your phone. I'm going to put a mountain on his toes and pull it back, put it, putting it right back. So I might pull it back, push it back, pull it back, turn it, twist it, turn it upside down, turn it right side up again. And then I might say, God can do all things. And you might say, yeah, but if he can move it one inch, can he move it two? I might say, there it goes, two inches and back, three inches and back. 12 inches and back. Now, you know, God can move it one inch, two inch, three inches, and 12 inches. Now, maybe later you might think, can he move it eight inches? <laughs> Clearly he moves it 12. So I might say, I can do some things. If I move a mountain, I might say, I can do some things, but God can do all things. And I might speak of God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's power. I might speak so you know you can hear and believe, but then you might see and know a mountain moving back and forth. And then all of a sudden you might realize there were deer on the mountain and they didn't even flinch. When a miracle is done like this, it's done perfectly. If I, if there's a bunch of deer on a mountain and I move it 12 inches, the deer might feel vertigo and they might feel like sick in their stomach or frightened or startled. They might bend their knees and kind of brace down. So it's done perfectly. So there's no inertia like in Star Trek, you might say inertial dampening, but there's no inertia for them. It's not like Star Trek. It's a miracle that only God can do. So the deer, the ants, the birds, the babies that are um, in the nests, maybe eggs, they don't get sloshed around. Nothing falls out of the trees. God might even make it just so you're not confused. So no leaves fall from the trees. No branches fall. Nothing falls. Just so you can see really clearly what God can do. He can do all things. The branches don't fall. The trees don't shake probably still be some wind and stuff that's cool the deer aren't afraid the ants don't rocks don't fall on the ants or something weird the rocks don't move around everything's exactly where it was everything except for the deer walking around and the birds flying around or something and they might just think it's cool like oh it's mountains moving but for us you would see that god can do all things and i'd speak of him so if i'm if i did this i would speak of god the entire time the power of god that you might know he is god and then I might speak about the Sabbath, that you might remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, that ye can know he is God. See, on the Sabbath back in the day, they, they were told not to kindle their fire. Well, if they're cold in their house in the wintertime, what, what can they do? If they remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, it's a day of rest. So God might just fill their uh, fireplace with the perfect amount of wood. He might kindle the fire for them and do miracles. One day he might do that miracle. Another day, he might not put any more wood in it and it might burn the whole time and it's the exact same wood that was in there from 24 hours previous. And then the next day, he might make it so there's only one stick in there, but it burns as if there was 10 sticks. Maybe he wanted it to be real hot for a moment. 
You might make it hot in the house before you want it. Then you might say, you know, I'd really like it to be hot in here and then open a window for a few minutes on the Sabbath, get some fresh air. And then you might, you might say, wow, it's really hot. You might say, you know, I think I want to open a window. And you realize God already made it hot before you even thought of it. God can do all things. And so when we obey God, then we might know he is God. When we remember the Sabbath, when we keep the Sabbath, then we might know he is God. He might do miracles every seven days in our house. So when we talk about the better future contest, we're talking about men and women that in the future have seen amazing cities. They've seen miracles. Many, most, or all of them might have seen the new earth that God um, will make. Some of them might have seen when God made it. Kaboom, there's a new earth, a new heaven, new Jerusalem descending from heaven, from the sky, you might say, or from heaven. Either way, I don't want to tell the whole story, but they might have seen these things. They might have seen heaven moving around when God moves heaven inside the universe. You know, I say moving it like a boat. <laughs> and they might have seen these amazing things and then they come back to this time and now we're having a better future contest. But what do they spend their time doing? Transgressing the law, doing sin. All sin is transgression of the law. So they're, they're sinning over and over again. So right now the contest is in the heavens and heaven, angels and ghosts. But a time might come in the earth before the tribulation when men and women from the future come and go and it's normal. It might happen so much that it's considered normal. Like, oh, there was a man and woman from the future and they came back because they are having difficulty with the transgression or something, you might say. I might say they're here, God brought them and they've joined the transgression and they heard the words of the devil. They saw the devil, he spoke to them and they decided to join this transgression. In the future, you might know more about what that is. It's a question, I say, who is God? And uh, there's more to it than that. I'll say more in the future. But you might see all this. It might be considered normal. Men and women from the future, angels coming and going. You might see Gabriel from the present day and Gabriel from a million years coming and going at the same time together. Two angels together with the same name. You might see uh, other angels coming and going from time to time. But right now, many of the angels have joined the transgression. They've heard the devil speak thousands of years and the angels have joined the transgression And uh, so it might be for a time you see a bunch of angels, then none. You might see uh, a few angels often. You might see angels throughout the world. You might see them above in the clouds, 10,000 of them moving at once with Archangel Michael talking to them about how to protect the earth. You might see me talking to them, talking to them about how they can do better as a guardian angel. Like all of God's children, angels learn. I might talk to them about how to do better as a servant of God or a minister. And then you might learn exactly what those words mean. It doesn't mean slave. It doesn't mean unpaid servant. And it doesn't mean unprofitable servant. Angels can be profitable servants. They can be fruitful. And then you might learn what it means to be a servant. And you might say, it sounds like a real joy to be a servant of God and a minister unto the king. So in this better future contest, what I do is I right now speak to angels and ghosts, words of knowledge and wise words. And it is a real joy to speak to them these words, but 
in the future, a time will come when every man and every woman in the earth has heard my words. And then, although you might still see angels coming and going, it might also be the time of the great tribulation. And the devil has been speaking to angels and men and women from the future. And the devil is becoming very effective at lying, you might say. So for us, we might hear him tell a hundred thousand lies. But the question is, who is God? We might also say, what is the truth? When we know that God is God and there is none else, then we don't even care about the devil's lies, even if we find them seductive or appealing. So for us, it's a really simple choice. Who is God? No matter how many lies the devil tells. And with knowledge of God, it's a clear choice, you might say. But when we talk about a clear choice, who is God? Whether we are an angel, a ghost, someone who lived in the earth, died, and lives in heaven as a ghost, you might say a spirit, or those of us that live in the earth, we know the answer is simple. We do what's right in God's eyes. We hear his word. We obey him. But for thousands of more years, there might be a contest. Who is worthy to be called God? Who is worthy to be called Messiah? Who is worthy? To receive rewards from God in great measure. All things are God's. And if you ever thought there was a lack of things, such as in your kitchen, he could just put them in there right now with his power. But he doesn't. And you don't know why. And in the next approximately 70 years, I'll tell you. I can answer every question you've ever had about God. So what will you choose in the future? If you choose for yourself great rewards, blessings from God, and more, are you willing to do work? Are you willing to do what's right in God's eyes? In future podcasts, I'm going to detail these contests so those of you that hear my podcast can have an early start. So I'm going to stop this podcast now. I have a lot I want to say. But there's a better future contest. And on the other side of it might be great rewards. Very great rewards from God. And they might be everlasting rewards. Temporary rewards. And both. Medium lasting. For me, medium lasting rewards might be a million years. Rewards that last a million years. 